Welcome to the Quack Hole Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quacker and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 I am your host, Adam Shamel. And I am your co-host, Aaron Schroeder. That is right. This is the Quack 12 podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. And Aaron... Don't forget, backs- though, we are also now oh. the uh, most unofficial oh, official right. Oregon Ducks podcast as well. We're also the most unofficial, uh, official Two weeks Oregon straight. Podcast. Yes. Oh, two weeks in a row. Cool. So that's that's every week we kind of got to go for that. We got it. We got, that's the new... It's mm. the new bar. It's like uh, much like how Sabrina set a new bar by yep. uh, literally making as many three throws as the winner of the three throw championship. Well, th- well, first wait, of all, three pointer. That's what it is. Not three you're throw. saying yeah, three, three throws, three pointer. It's much more impressive. But uh, I mean, Aaron, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about that. Then there's no other option. We got to go just straight into it. Quacks ball. Quacks ball. That is right. This is this is an entirely quacks ball episode. All right, we're not talking about football. Certainly you want to talk about Chip about- Kelly UCLA? What do you want to say? Chip Kelly's gone from UCLA. It is funny. It is funny. That <laughs> we didn't he's even gone. bring it up last week, and I was like, "That's a big deal," because it's hilarious. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's very hilarious to just straight up be like, like this job that a lot of people would like dream about. Like that's yes. just. It's still. I know it's a tough job because NIL wise and just interest in the community. It seems like UCLA is. You know, there it's an uphill battle in that regard, but still, it's historically, you know, overall. I mean, they've they've won national championships, right? Or at least at least one. I kind of forget. Um, in the past, they are, you know, uh, they have had success in sports. It's freaking L.A. It's right. like a major program in L.A. should be an easy thing to recruit to, uh, unless you hate recruiting like Chip Kelly. And it's so funny that he just is like, "Man, nah, I'm good. Bye." To yeah. be like to do a demotion to another school is very in the same conference he's about to join. Right, that is hysterical. But it's clear, like I kind of respect it in a way that he's just like, "Oh, I don't give a shit what you think about me." <laughs> like he he wants to be. I think he wants to just be a football coach, and more and more and more. Uh, the college football coach role is becoming more of a general manager role slash football coach. Interesting. And he just wants to go to the NFL. He just wants to be like, if you if you're a head football coach in the NFL, 
then your job is to get those players, you know, winning games. That is it. You don't have to necessarily worry about so much. You know, you definitely don't have to worry about any recruiting. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about the financial side of it of uh, as much right. of making sure the NIL, you know, like running the NIL shit, basically. I know they don't, but making sure that there is NIL opportunities. So he was just trying to go be OC, not worry about it. He loves offense. I respect it. Um, and that's football it is news. Funny, though. That's football news. Back to Quacks of All News. Get back to yeah. want to Sabrina, it. baby! I, I almost want to push it again, but I won't. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu. <laughs> now, NBA All-Star Games, that's not something I really am in the habit of watching, but they are fun overall. Um, the zanier aspects, like the challenges I'm more into than the yep. actual NBA All-Star Game or the Correct. Game or thing. I think uh, yeah. uh, it was done best. When MTV figured out that if they took celebrities and mixed them with basketball players and then had a slam dunk challenge and all those things, you're guaranteed to have, like, the greatest time ever. I think the NBA could push it a little bit further, maybe introduce some trampolines for these guys to jump off of. (laughs) Trampolines. Well, I'll tell you... uh... It, it definitely like. Did you watch the slam dunk contest at all? Afterwards? I did. It yeah, it was seemed... fun. You know what though? It What's that? used to have a feeling like it. It felt like it mattered. It, it felt to. like NBA Jam when you were yeah. watching like Michael Jordan, you know, Charles Bark, like all the dudes just being like, Bleh. yeah. And now it, it was, um, oh, Shaq's here. Let's jump over him. Yeah, it's yeah. like nah. I'd rather well, see you just do something really technical, like uh, the kid did, where he McClung. popped the ball up, caught it, and then smashed. That it was in. That, that was, was fun. he did get robbed. That was an amazing that for the first one where he kind of has it floating like a because I thought he messed up. Straight up messed up, but then on slow motion, you're like, "Oh no, that's a completely point." That should have been the dunk of the night. I'm glad he won. Uh, the whole contest is kind of set where it's like uh, the best stars, you know, like LeBron and such, aren't doing it because they're just like, "It's not worth my time." Which right. is like fair enough. Well, there's but, a reason uh, why Steph stinks. Curry's not in the three point challenge. It's because well, he's going to win every time. So oh, well, let's yeah. make it seem competitive. Well, you know, but Damian Lillard's there, and he won it, and that's pretty cool. Um, And and more, there'll be more people willing to do the three-point shooting competition because I think it's just like there's more of an ego about, like, well, I would like to prove I'm the— And it's fun to shoot a three-point, you know what I mean? Brother, highlight of the show was that exact argument between the uh, commentators— Oh. Where one of them was all, I forget who it was, uh, but they Smith were all about the slam Reggie dunk Miller. challenge and kind of poo-pooing on the three-point, and then the other guy's like, when it got hyped up at the end there, he was like, that's what I'm talking about, highlight of the night. <laughs> you know what was the worst? I'll tell you. Well, I, I want to get into that a little later before Peyton, I, I maybe was it, on it. What is his name? Reggie Miller, is that you talking about? Was he Kenny an announcer? Reggie Miller. Kenny Smith and Reggie Miller were were there. I don't I, I don't pay attention to these things. I'm not a really big NBA fan. But um so the whole event, I think the the biggest event, I would say maybe it's just my duck glasses that I'm seeing this through, but I feel like there was a lot of talk 
on, of course, Sabrina. Oh, versus Steph Curry. Huge. I think Big this time. was this was obviously I think the highlight of the night because mm-hmm. Steph made it a point to I mean the guy talking to them was trash. Let's be honest here. The people <laughs> with microphones on the court asking questions were trash yeah. all night long. Oh yeah. I, I got something to say. Yeah, but, I'll continue though. But yeah, I do believe it was the highlight of the night because I think Steph did a great job of making sure everyone realized we need to be paying attention to women's basketball. Because, look, she's obviously better than every dude that competed tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, except for one, apparently. But, uh, well, but come on. He's like, you can't. Oh, I know. Dude's a genius at three pointers. That's why he was great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. What well, best I think, event? You know, best event for sure. I think she uh, was absolutely awesome to watch because she just drained the first five. Just blah 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 blah. Oh, when she started, the heat was on. Uh-huh. It was she was so especially. I did like that they put it like as a separate thing after the three point competition. You know, yes. the, the NBA one. Especially because you saw, you saw what was it? Four people hit twenty six. That was the number. That's 26. right. Twenty six, and then, then twenty six do... is what won the damn thing. Is that so? I, I kind yeah. Of he got yeah. twenty six again and won. Um, and so they had, and they had to do the tiebreakers to get the final three. Right. And twenty six is what Sabrina ends up getting. Right. She goes so first. she would have also she would have been right there. She would have at least been able to compete in the tiebreaker. Uh, yeah, she was absolutely with it. Amazing. And, and that's also really cool considering that is not the three-point line that she is actually used to, but that she did want to shoot from. That's right. And, well, I um, bet you anything she practices mm-hmm. from there because that's well, her mentality. Well, She's you a fucking practice, I know. I doubt that. I, really? I think she practices shooting from everywhere, but mm. you want well, yeah. to know your three-point line because there's going to be times where she wants to be, you know, she'll have to jump back and want to be want to know in her brain the physical memory mm. of exactly where the three-point mm. line is. So it beho- she can shoot from anywhere. She can shoot from the fucking half court, but you know what? She wants to know where it is. But I want to say like, yeah. Uh, so she goes out there. I imagine that she got pick. Well, the the reason why the challenge happened. She challenged she him. Broke, she broke the all-time record. Right. First, he broke the three-point shooting record. And then shortly afterwards, she broke it right. with 30 points, which still is the record. She still has the record. Let's keep that. Yeah. Uh, even with, And then... Because he got in 30. In this, he got 29. Oh, that's so right. She still has the record. She still has the record. Um, but in this competition... She challenged him online, and then immediately he accepts because they both have that personality. Because it's the coolest shit ever. Yeah, and they both are close friends. And I think that's what made this – you're a wrestling fan, Aaron. Yeah. That's what made this feel different and better than any kind of part of the All-Star weekend is that there was an actual – like, this is a thing – this is not NBA chemistry that they forced – this is two friends right. that are insanely competitive, challenging each other. That they're something they're great at, you know. Yeah. And so it had that real like wrestling energy of like, 
the storyline building kind of naturally. You know, it had a yeah, the first yeah, it had just one of those like, oh, this will be a documentary. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you definitely pepper Give us it twenty into years. We'll Sabrina. be talking about this. Yeah, you, you pepper it into the Sabrina thirty for thirty. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so she challenges him. She goes first and shoots. She gets twenty six. It's goes on a huge the hottest start you could possibly imagine like hottest start of the night no one beat her there right but you know in the middle slows down finishes strong though and then he comes out there it was actually like it, it was cutting it close yeah but he he is Steph curry for a reason he gets 29. Um, it was overall still a, a wonderfully, it was a really friendly competition. One thing I hated, the guy who you were talking about, white guy Ernie Johnson Jr., uh, you know, longtime commentator. Uh, sure, the guy on the court, yeah. Yeah, guy on the court. One thing for my personal taste is I think the moments where he was like in the beginning being like, Sabrina and stuff, yes, let's break this down. Like, you know, that was all right. But there was a bit too much of him interject. Like he kind of let the air out of the out of the balloon. Yeah, a little bit. He too didn't know. Much. He doesn't know how to set up proper. Que- he was asking questions that you could tell. Oh, this dude, I don't think actually thinks Sabrina is as good as. Well, I think it's more just like the interview itself. A lot of them didn't need to happen. Like the first one to set it up. Sure. But then she shoots, and then he's like, okay, now you come over here. Sabrina, you just shot 26. What do you think of that number? It's like, just let the event happen. Yeah. Let, let then Steph Curry immediately shoot again, which I I personally would have liked to see the reverse order, but I bet Sabrina got to choose, and she probably wanted to go first, you know? Well, she's the challenger, um, so it makes sense yeah. that she would go first. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And then also, it's like she chose to shoot from the three point line in true badass fashion mm-hmm. because, um, like, she's gonna shoot the WNBA WNBA ball because you have to. Like, you can't change up the ball that you're shooting from. That just messes up every you know the feel of it. Like, that's just too much to yeah. ask. But she wanted to do the men's because that's you know it's a fairer challenge that way, and she's a badass. Um, As she proved. And, and as she proved. And so Steph Curry comes out, he wins, but and, and there's an interview every two minutes that <laughs> this guy has to go, you know, like, what a what a memorable thing this is as it's happening. I thought it was a bit too forced. Yeah. Johnson Jr. And then though though the true worst commentating that I just want to sh- take a moment to shit on Please. that I hated so much. Okay. Was so the event wraps up like, you know, Steph Curry comes out there, he, boom, he wins it. Yeah. You know, power to him. He wins the event. He gets the actual, you know, wrestling belt uh-huh. was the was the thing. So silly. And then instead of taking a moment to just kind of let it breathe or saying, like, something kind of, you know, a little more open and nice of, like, well, you know, he wins this one, but both of them did a great effort. This has been a good thing. You know, something a little, like, boilerplate. Kenny Smith, this motherfucker, decides this is the time. Oh, this is obviously my time. I need to do one minute of me screaming into the mic that she should have shot from the woman's three-point line. 
Like this is this is my right. time. I need to like it's like okay, whatever. If that's the point you want to get across, why don't you wait three minutes for when there's going to be forty minutes of bullshit time that you're gonna yeah. you can fill up. Like you're gonna have a lot of time to fill. This is a this is an event that drags on way too long. Uh-huh. But he needed like the moment Steph Curry finishes and before to just be screaming into the mic that she should be shoot that she should do. The opposite of what she wanted to do. The opposite of what she right. wanted the challenge to be. He's like, no, she should. There's a reason why women's golf tees are, you know, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, too. Yeah. He's like, no, she should have well, shot from the women's point. And it's just like, you know my what's man, funny? just fucking shut the fuck up and let it happen, my man. Yeah, like, you know what's damn. funny, though, about his point was that he was trying to explain that she should have won. But even even then, he was dude, like trying like, to be on her side about it. But yeah. you could tell it was not natural for him because he doesn't uh, probably play well with others. Actually, it is someone. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It is someone like trying to be on the right. It'd be like, wow, she shoots really well for a girl. It's the equivalent of bam. Saying that. That's you know exactly what I mean? Right. That's what because it was, and that's what. But see, that's what was driving me mad about the guy on the floor is that yeah. he was of the exact same mindset where he's like, mm-hmm. aren't you just so humble to be here with the yeah, elite? Little, it's like, well, all hey, the little you, girls looking up to you. It was just like, yeah, a little, and yeah, and so she has to be like also little boys too. you know, there's yeah, yeah. which Ugh. it's like it's true that this is a historic cool thing. Yeah. But the more you say that every 10 seconds. Yeah, the more you sound like a backwards or an old school brain. Yeah. You haven't uh, updated Kenny, the Kenny index. Smith's, yeah. Kenny Smith was the one that really was pissing me off. It was just like, yeah. either you don't know that she wants to shoot from the three point, you know, mm-hmm. from the men's because she, that's who she fucking is. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why this is so cool. Either you don't know that because you don't, you know, you're in such a this position that you just get forever for being a great basketball player, not necessarily a great commentator, that you just don't have to give a shit anymore, you know, Bill Walton style. Yeah. Or um, you knew that and you just you think you know better than Sabrina Ionescu and you, you know, I so think... whatever. I didn't like that moment. I loved the event, though. I loved that yes. it happened. I thought Steph was a really class act. He is a class act. He understands the he understands yeah. the role, and that's to shut exactly. the fuck up. <laughs> you know, like like Steph's the kind of guy where it's like instead of when she issued the challenge, he wasn't like. Oh, you know, that sounds nice, but I don't think, you know, he wasn't doing the Kenny Smith or or Ernie Johnson Jr. thing of being pandering. Right. He was immediately like, Let's yes, go. and I'm going to kick your ass. Did you right. hear the thing that he said, like, I, I, I may have misheard this, but I'm pretty sure this is what they said, that like 15 minutes or something before the event started, he called Sabrina and was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... That's the right mentality to have. You know what I mean? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I hope it happens again next year. Uh, it was it was a fantastic watch. I had a great time. Yeah. Um, I will I, say and this. even the, the dunk contest I loved as well. The funniest moment of the dunk contest, I loved how brazen, like, 
advertising this was. Usually I hate commercial kind of shit like this. Like I I didn't like that the the floor when the floor was that green and yellow because they were promoting that starry soda. That felt uh-huh. kind of like just like an advertisement. Oh, see, whenever that. I clocked in, the court was already green, and I saw that Starry yeah. was the promoter, and I just yeah, I didn't even put them together per se. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, there's a Starry ball. This is the promoter, which is a very MTV thing to do. You know, you oh, put yeah. branding on shit to make that thing more fun. Yeah. You know, it's like I didn't the- mind the the court in general. I kind of thought like it was cool. I thought it was fun. I thought, really, I saw it being lit up, the fact that it had the ability to put the stars underneath them as they ran around. You know, somebody's there with a pin yeah. probably yeah. following them, which is really fun. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. uh, I did, but yeah, I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, this is it. This is what we're actually shooting for. This will be, the, this will be basketball in maybe five years. The one commentator did say it felt weird to be on it, but for a three-point competition and a slam dunk competition, it seemed fine. But he was like, I wouldn't play a real game on that. Oh, yeah. It did seem weird that, like, during the dunk competition, you had the one where it was just following their feet. Right. Which seemed a little less intrusive to your eyes, you know. But during the three-point competition, they had the green and yellow vibrant one that was clearly lighting them up like they had gangrene. But, yeah, um, that was the only part of it that I didn't like was how much this. reflection was on them to where I was like, mm. this has got to be affecting their shots. It's like it's got to be affecting them a little bit. Oh, know? yeah. They uh, come Johnson, walking off the thing like uh, this, like seeing red yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, final, my did, final thought on the whole well, deal. One, one thing I wanted to say oh, about yeah. the advertising thing that cracked oh, me yeah, up yeah, was yeah. – the moment when McClung, who ended up winning, rightfully winning the dunk contest, um, he's about to do it, and it was supposed to seem, like, natural, but he's about to, like, you know, like, he's like, hey, I'm going to go dunk, and he's like, oh, oh, I see a friend on the on the side of the court here. I'm going to go shake his hand. Yeah. And the friend is Jake from State Farm. Yes. And literally it's it's red as like like he's totally doing an acting job of like, "Oh, there's my friend. I'm going to go uh like as if Michael Jordan saw like, you know, like Larry Bird and was like, "Hey, fellow go, I'm going to like If he's this. yeah, it's he, it's Michael Jordan <laughs> seeing uh Little Caesar. Yeah, like <laughs> being like, "What's like, up, Little Caesar?" <laughs> like going over to Jake from State Farm. He shakes his hand, and Jake from State Farm is wearing like, oh, it's like I'm dressing up, like I'm just in the know, commercial on the clock, but he's wearing the red from the commercial. Yes, like it was that line of like, no, this is just me being normal. And then they that. rolled the thing, dude. It Jake says on from the State screen, Farm. Jake from State Farm, and it got me going down this loop. And it, and it just was supposed to be like, oh, you know, it's me, Jake from State Farm. That was cool. But it's like, clearly that's an ad for Allstate, which was sponsoring the whole thing. And I'm sure but, this um, basketball player also has a deal with Allstate, is getting money. Oh, yeah. No, that. he got paid X amount of money oh, to yeah. go and shake his hand, which I love. Honestly, that's kind of like the advertising that I think is funny and, and I like. But the thing that made I really started thinking about this, can you imagine the life that the actor who plays Jake from State Farm yeah lives where he is arguably my this is my guess, this is my personal belief where i think like someone like flow yeah from the progressive commercials 
is probably one of the most famous people in America. More, like maybe more famous than like Timothy Chalamet is my personal opinion. Because like, yeah, Timothy Chalamet, he's known throughout the world and stuff like that. And like in America, he's huge with Dune mm-hmm. and Lady Bird and all, you know, and just being a, you know, sensation and Wonka and shit like that. Is he a sensation? But, is Wonka I mean, good? I don't, we don't got to get into that. We don't got to get into that. Uh, makers, the makers of Paddington made it, so maybe, maybe. I, I'm maybe. not excited about it, but maybe. But um, but Flo or Jake from State Farm, sure. They're in so they've been in those same commercials for like a decade, and in every commercial, like f- for Jake, for uh, for example, he's saying, "Hey, it's me. I'm Jake from State Farm." Like someone goes, "Hey, it's Jake from State Farm." Yeah. And if you're watching. Any sporting event, any major event, you see those commercials, and they're designed to, like, you know, just go into the back of your head. Like, can you imagine being that actor where everyone sees him, clocks him, recognizes him, and he's like, oh, it's Jake. Oh, it's hey, it's Jake. Right. And he's just got to be like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm not Jake. Like... He basically is Jake from State Farm. What is the difference right. between him not and being so, Jake from Jake Farm? Yeah. You know, the way the way it used to work, and I uh-huh. assume it has to still work in this sense, and it's the reason why celebrities, more and more celebrities are doing commercials for Dove and mm. Olive Garden or whoever the fuck. Yeah, like actual Is because of the residual yeah. checks are mm-hmm. can get insane. Being yes. just a commercial actor back in the day, at least, you're golden. You can do one great commercial that gets syndicated to every market for a I year, you a and number. you're, like, drenched in money. Someone told me this number. So I had an acting teacher at U of O to bring it all back. Okay. He was, like, a, a theater acting teacher, right? hmm And he was very good at being, like, a real— Like, he— a lot of theater professors and stuff have this mentality of day one, they tell you, okay, is there anything else that you could possibly do for a living that is not acting? If there is, do that, because this is a bad idea. They, they literally tell you that. Like, they're yeah. like, I know you think you're the exception, and you're going to have to think like that to have success or be a Nepo baby, but like... You should do something else because it's not going to work out. Right. Uh, Because also Nepo babies. (laughs) Yeah, because Nepo babies. Uh, But, like, he also said, he's like, okay, do you remember the Frosted Flakes commercials where it'd be like, this is a while ago, this is testing your memory. Um, It'd be like, adults also like Frosted Flakes. You may not know this, but adults also do. And it'd be a commercial where it'd be like, shadowy like it'd be really dark and an adult would be eating the frosted flakes but they'd look kind of like nervous or like like they're doing something wrong like they're Mm -hmm. doing it in secret and that would be the commercial it's all right if you don't remember it but that's the idea the general of it you didn't have to say anything even it was just like frosted flakes is for adults too my teacher maybe i remember that my teacher got to the final rounds of booking one of those, it was a national campaign, so it's a right. good size campaign. Got to the final rounds of it, and they said, like, so this is the point where they're talking about potential money and what he'd get, you know. Um, they were going to pay him 20 grand 
for the initial runs. If this commercial would have became huge and they called him back, or if they were redoing, like, you know, like had a second run of showing this commercial, he would have gotten more. But Mm -hmm. it would have been a 20 grand thing, which he's like, you know, this is like 25 plus years ago. So he's like, that would have gotten me in LA for like another year, you know, mm-hmm. but he didn't book that one. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to move to Oregon and be a theater teacher. And stuff. Nice. But like, so, so that's, that's generally what I, that's what but, I use in my head. And yeah. so this but is actually flow Flo and Jake are next level. Absolutely. Right. And so yeah. what your story brings up is a great point, right? Which is that once you get to those final stages and you're starting to talk about what this money is going to look like, yeah. What's becoming what 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 these companies are hiring is not an actor. It's mm. a spokesperson. That's yes. a different person. That's a person yeah. who can do speaking engagements. Yeah. Good to talk. Yeah. Great to be in public. You know, it's a I figure. I mean, basically Jared. Yeah. So it, I think yeah. you're right. They're more famous than like maybe your Chalamets or whatever because more eyes have been on them. Yeah. In America, but I don't, at least, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't associate them to Hollywood uh, because they're spokespersons. Well, they're, it's, they're, did, they live inside the corporate world, and you the ever corporate world community? hires Hollywood. Yeah, have you they're ever part watched of Community? World. They were chosen by the company, not by a casting yeah. director. <laughs> well, no, they were chosen by a casting director that works for the company. worked for the company. Yeah, I mean, yeah. every casting director works for a company, but um. Uh, I do think it's an amazing and really interesting thing because you are, like you said, like you're hiring someone to be like, you're like that last process. They have so much power over you where it's like, hey, J- actor who plays Jake from State Farm, like here is the starting contract, you know, mm-hmm. for the first year. I have no idea what the numbers would be, but I legit think it's like this is for a spokesperson role. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about like. A series of things, and we want you to be the person for a while, so we're going to pay you the extra money, but yeah, I bet you that contract also has stuff that says, like, like if you get a DUI, if you get a scandal like this, like, you have to have clean living. You got it. Like, I really think it's probably, like, if you get in a scandal yeah then you know maybe you owe us money and shit. i think like it, it takes over your life it really I, does i also bet i might be eating my words we should look into this to see how it works now i bet the ad agencies who set up these premises mm. are coming up with oh no you're liberty mutual this is this is a 10 commercial idea we're going to run, you know, these whole 10 ideas. So when you are looking for your Jake for State Farm that you have a projection for the next five years for this motherfucker yeah. over 10 yeah. commercials, that contract is probably like, this is a 10-year contract uh, where I you got to go full is, yeah. Bob Saget. You're not allowed to make any bad jokes because you're a family I- man now. No, exactly. <laughs> like like Jake from State Farm, I he, I don't think he can take any other acting role. That's for sure. I think it can get to the point because, like, yeah, go ahead. Because, like, Flo from Progressive, she was a full-on character actress before, and you can see her in movies after. There's also the lady, the fine-ass lady, if I'm going to be real, from um, the Sprint commercials, who's been doing it for a decade plus. Who? Sprint. This is. I want to say Sprint commercials. It may be AT and T. I can't quite remember. She's like a brunette lady. 
I don't really know what to say. But she is a full-on actress before and after. Um, well, one of the progressive ladies yeah. that has the, like, cr- she she That's has, like, flawed. a raspier voice. She has a Are you stand-up. talking about with the the 50s, like, hairstyle? Maybe. And flow and the red lipstick. No, yeah. that's flow. There's another one. She's shorter and she has like a raspier voice. Uh, mm. Whenever they do the progressive commercials where it's all of them, she also does yeah. a lot of the commercials where it's the nerdy guy oh. and her. Yeah, that's still that's the. Uh, I mean, we could talk about this. Yeah, forever. I mean, I she crew. has a stand up. That's also special. progressive. That's really great. Yeah, that's like the progressive crew, right? Yeah, like, exactly. They like have a whole crew. Crony. Yeah. Well, but it anyway, because yeah. look, the problem, we gotta stop talking about these. Yeah, but I final love thoughts. The idea of Jake's Jake from State Farm is basically living like a Truman Show, not a Truman Show life. I mean, like a Truman Show life where you know you're in the Truman Show. <laughs> like, well, that's what being insane. an actor is. You live inside a you live inside a snow globe. Yeah, everybody well, wants to look at you because it's so pretty to look at. It's different though because it's just like. It, you you only got that one character that everyone knows you from. Mm-hmm. Like when that dude goes on a dating app, everyone is like good or negative. They're like, "Oh shit, it's Jake from State Farm." Mm-hmm. When that well, when the you lady... probably are hiring someone to matchmake for you. Oh you're yeah, going you're going private on sector. The, whenever I forget you're in what it's the called, there's the dating app that is for celebrities. Oh, funny. Um, but like even then, people are like going like. Like the person that's dating Jake from State Farm is being like, "Oh yeah," it's uh, when they're describing it to their girlfriends. They're being like, "Oh yeah, I'm dating you know Jake from State Farm." Like everyone would call him that. Have you ever seen the show Community? Yeah. You do you remember the episodes where Subway is a character? Yeah. And there they is all no call difference. Him Subway. Yeah. There is no difference between that character and Jake from State Farm. Is what right. I'm saying. Well, I think that's the point they were trying to make with the show. It just blows yeah. my mind that that is, that is well, a being in this world. Yeah, I'm sorry to po- to keep di- digressing. <laughs> you you're trying to wrap this up. No, you're not Jake wrong. I mean, Farm, all you're, t- <laughs> all you're talking mind. about is late stage capitalism, my guy. And if you want to go yeah, full blown yeah. into it, we can. But I don't think our listener wants it. Uh, I, I don't think so either. My but. final thought on it, and then I can allow <laughs> yes. you to continue on as much as you want, because I'm here for <laughs> yeah, it. No, I, I'll be done after uh, this, I promise. My final thought is basically a riff off of yours, uh, which is that they put all of their entertainment budget into mm-hmm. this entertainment package mm-hmm. in the exact wrong spots, because the whole time... It is low key boring sounding yeah. inside that space. The uh, the uh, the crowd is not really super active until the final mm-hmm. moments of every single little bit. The music is mellow. The people talking on the mics and the abuse of advertisement. You know, it just it showed off the NBA has no actual idea how mm-hmm. to put on a show. They literally just leech from their talent. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's so, specifically the all-star game is is doing pretty bad for NBA. Well, it's because the NBA doesn't know authentic. how to put on a show. Like, yeah. come on, dude. If you want to do an NBA all-star... Well, they're, they're, their elite players don't want to do it. So that's what what you that's do is problem. you start bringing in fine. ringers. You get the Harlem yeah. Globetrotters to show up. You, like, get... I was thinking a package. 
Imagine, okay, so imagine the dunk contest. This is what I would like. Um, even though it's supposed to be all about the NBA stars specifically and the NBA players specifically, uh, I would just go, okay, you guys don't care about, you know, we got Jaime Jaquez. You remember him from UCLA, by the way? Nope. I was wondering if it, oh, well, the Johnny Depp piratey looking look, dude. Oh, we used to play him all the time. He's a great player. But, um, you got Jaime Jaquez in the dunk contest. I think oh, wait. Expanded a little bit. He looked bit. like Adam Driver with the mustache. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, yep, yep. Um, he used to play with Tiger Campbell all the time. But um he's having a, he's a great player, but like for the dunk contest, you're like, I want to see the craziest dunks ever here. Uh, I don't want to see you making an Instagram. Like I don't want this all to be about the Instagram that you're about to post that's gonna be awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Which oh yeah, like well, he got his social more. media dude out there. Yeah. Uh, I felt like uh, also, well, you know, that's all paid. It's all paid don't for. Donate your or don't um, dedicate your dunk to like a good cause. Like you know, this is to my like Mexican heritage, or like this is to someone who died, mm-hmm. and then miss the dunk. <laughs> that's the that's the tough part. If you're gonna dedicate it to a good cause, the dunk's gotta be good, you know. But but um, I would okay, say this skip is the, way the dedication the part. Contest. Focus on yeah. theatrics. This is a dunk contest. Uh, I would we do all it get, after. We all get that you want to uh, show respect you, to your peoples. So yeah. win the damn thing and then use and then your voice it. to talk about it. Don't use the court, as you say, as an Instagram post. So, Aaron, <laughs> you're saying they should just dribble? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying if you're going to enter a dunk <laughs> competition, don't make your extra thing just a picture that is, you know, well, I, I'm opposite. I'm saying you can do it, but then make sure sh- if you're gonna, you know, be like this is to end world hunger, and then you miss the dunk. Well, yeah, it, it makes you look a little silly. Is all I'm well, say. I think dedicating a dunk <laughs> to a cause is a little silly. I think you should focus on winning the competition, so that way, whenever they give you a microphone, you can start saying what it is you think, rather yeah, than well. just being like, "This was enough." Um, I as a Mexican, I felt pretty seen that Hawkes missed that donk and had the hat hat fall off his head. But um, the way I would fix it, which we I digressed us so long. I wanted this podcast to be short, and I always make it long. But um, the way I fix it, Aaron, you just open up the the dunking contest Mm -hmm. to anyone in the world. Yeah, you say send in your best dunk. You know, regular hoop. Send us videos of that, and then you actually get like eight of the. Because just because you're like, I feel like the best dunkers and and then the best NBA players are not not the exact same list. No, because there's a lot of people that can't play in the NBA. Well, because of <clears throat> height or this and that. Yeah, but can dunk like fucking crazy. Like that. Well, there's also something they brought up during the three-point thing was that some of those guys are shooters and they're going to be the ones that are cranking it out. And some of the guys that are in the competition, they make, you know, they're all about making buckets. It's not necessarily Mm -hmm. about making, you know, like they're just going to get the bucket in however it needs to go in. They're not, you know, uh, specialized. Showman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, there you go. NBA All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say... Look, introduce some trampolines, easy peasy, <laughs> lemon squeeze. You've got a great dunk, 
dunk competition if you got trampolines because yeah. people will start spinning. It's great. I don't know about the trampoline. I feel like some, I think I feel like it'll be like LeBron's gonna snap his leg if if we introduce. No, you put pads down. MTV. You just got to go watch the old MTV things that they yeah. did. I forget what they called it. Uh, MTV jams, maybe. But <clears throat> they've got it all figured out there. It's all they figured out. Have. Just watch it, re- recreate it. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to talk point, about a successful network, MTVs, where you look at to it your point, I would set up. Yeah, I would set up a competition nationally that is all about street ball, and mm. then that figures out who the top three players are for street ball, and then you have a special game of these three street ballers playing three. NBA oh, players they would in a game of absolute asses kicked, but it'd be fun to in watch. a game of street ball. I don't know. It's what different do you mean by rules, street dude. by street ball. Do you just mean no refs and you can foul as much as you want? What a little bit, ball? and you play to twenty one. There's rules to it. You know, you play to twenty one. There's checks. Blah blah. blah. I don't think the NBA insurance companies or whatever are going to love the idea of like. Get three well, dudes who are is, play yeah. quote unquote street ball, yeah. and then have them go against three NBA talent. Right, no rules, baby. I don't know. Well, and like, this just this goes back again to the crux of the whole problem, which is that yeah. this is a corporate event, and they are notoriously even boring AF. Ah, yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> There, young sports fan. My life is falling apart. My family left me because I won't shut the fuck up about my favorite team, the Oregon Ducks. What you need is to join the rest of the flock at the Quack 12 podcast. Sounds great. Is it some kind of drug? Will an eighth be enough? Because I'm chosen really bad. No, it's not a drug. It's even better. It's the world's greatest Oregon Ducks podcast. So do I snort it? Visit quack12podcast.com to find free weekly episodes and links to the Quack 12 Patreon. I'm sold. Who needs a family with drugs like this? Quack, quack. So anyway, about how while. about those women duck, Adams? <laughs> well, really quickly, shout out to Fred Jones, though, Oregon Duck legend, who was a judge for the slam dunk contest. Oh, and that's he right. Rocked. He rocked his his Sabrina fighting ducks jersey. He sure I did. Loved seeing that. Anyway, so shout out to him. But um, yeah, let's. I would actually like to get straight to the women's team because I want to just rip this bandaid off. Yeah, this team. I mean, power to the players. They're still trying. I still love seeing the effort out there. You know, I don't, I legit don't think this team has quit on the team. Nope. Uh, I also think. They're working hard. I, they are working hard. I also think this team ducking sucks. <laughs> and I think Both because of. can exist. Okay. I didn't get to see the first of their two games because it well, was not on television. The second one was. I watched it on my DVR. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I noticed was that these kids were putting in all the effort. But what I saw was a collection of plays, whereas UCLA seemed to actually have a fucking game plan where they were like, we're going to start this way. Then we're going to switch it up, and we're going to start, and then we're going to do start doing this to catch them back off again. Whereas we're always just, 
okay, Van Sluten, please get the ball on the rebound, pass it, try and make a bucket? I don't know. It's like, oh, oh God. Us pass. on offense, us on offense is, is truly just play it by ear, man. And it, so and I do yeah. have to now say mm. I've got enough evidence of my own eyes that I do believe it is a coaching situation. I, I, I feel uncomfortable do. saying that, but mm. I do. It's where my eyes are looking now because the kids are trying so hard. They really are. And it's not that they're just untalented. They're not. Well, pieces yeah. aren't combining to make a chemical reaction. I mean, I you know, I think I do think there are levels to it where it's like we are. You can go and watch some of our best talent on other teams, our former best talent, you mm-hmm. know, on other teams, absolutely kill it. Tahina Pow Pow is on arguably the best team in the country right now, and she's doing great. Uh, uh, two of our players, um, Taylor, ex-players, Taylor Bigby played for USC. She didn't, like, you know, blow us out of the water or anything, but, you know, that's a player that we would love to have on our team right now. Um, Angela DeGolic. Uh, for UCLA is great mm-hmm. and, you know, very much assisted in the ass-kicking of us. Uh, we would love to have her. If it was Filipina Che and Angela DeGalic, we'd, we'd be a far better team. Um, I mean, you can keep doing this out for uh, basically an entire roster. So And so when you're saying, like, yeah, we lost talent and the freshmen that came in power to them and the transfers that came in power to them but are not at Pac-12 level, then there is only the coach to blame. Right. Because none of these players are in charge of recruiting. You right. know what I mean? Or or player retention. Um, I, I got some an error that must be fixed. Oh. Aaron. Something that I said that was fully wrong and misinformed. Oh, I thought you were about to be episodes. like, and this is the exact problem that's wrong with the team, and I'm going to fix it. I was getting excited. Yeah, oh. Uh-oh. Daddy's I mean, in no, trouble. Uh, what would you say now? I mean, the way I would fix it is fire Kelly Graves. Maybe. Um, I've been saying that a, a totally wrong number that I foolishly quoted, uh, where I was like, yeah, you know, like I think to fire him, you'd only have to pay like half a mil or a quarter Right, 500000 yeah. I was an idiot. I was quoting his buyout. His buyout is what happens when another team is so eager to hire away Kelly Graves right. that they have to pay that amount to right. even hire him away. That that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Oh, okay. I was going to, you know, I almost brought it up last week, and then I went, yeah. oh, well, maybe I've have. actually got this backwards. He knows what's going on. I'm just going to, I'm confused at why he well, thinks it's working. never assume I know yeah. what's going when on. When you there. started never. doing the math, I was like, I don't know that that's, no. <laughs> but I let it lie. Well, anyway, okay, so, that's great. Yes. Fortunately, I had someone who was smart. So to get rid of him, what do we got to do? To get rid of him, we got to pay, well, a bit more than that. The full Uh, contract? There you go. We have to finish. See, you know more than I do. Yeah. Uh, Duck Sports Authority um, over on Twitter, by the way, corrected me this and and pointed me the right direction and really helped out. So I wanted to shout out to them. Follow them. Duck Sports Authority. But um, so basically we would have to, yeah. 
the rest of his contract, which, you know, I believe it was in 2020 is when he did it. So recently, so that's not a good sign. And it was a 10-year contract, I believe. I could be wrong there. But um, basically, there's $6 million remaining on his contract. Right. So that's not a small chunk of change. It's definitely getting more real. Not you only could, that. You know yeah. what you could do as, a, as an entity is mm. you could – broker a deal with another school uh to get him off your hands they don't want kelly graves <laughs> you know like get him off your hands but to sweeten it you um you maybe kelly graves maybe would have you to agree you can't trade you can't trade kelly graves kelly no, graves has to agree you're not to trading. not trading what you're doing <laughs> is in a room somewhere quiet you're having yeah. a conversation with another entity where mm. they agree <laughs> to take a burden off your hands if you also figure out a way to redistribute NIL money to Whoa, said institution. Ah, Aaron, my man, that makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, no, it does. It's you. there. You basically just so say, well, give- why would you, why would they, this makes no sense. Because you can offset the buyout. They pay you six million dollars, but you redistribute twenty percent of you know uh, certain kind of indiscretionary funds to go back over to them. So that way, they're not spending six million; they're spending like two million. But you're getting your problem taken away from you, so it's kind of okay to have a long-term twenty percent loss right in this one area to get rid of your guy, so you can get a new guy. You're certainly saying words. I can tell yeah. you that. Um... The it's NIL just, money is NIL money is not something that they. Can so it can, so it just goes from somewhere else. It just goes. It, you read a, you <laughs> as a school really enjoy their science program and want to help improve their athletic well, science department. Well, uh, I I hope that we can convince some dumb school to pay us what was it six million dollars and the buyout. But they're not. <laughs> but they're not, not paying us because we're giving them something back. What so, would we give? What would we give back? Money? Look. At, at any, that point, why, why wouldn't we just any, fire him and pay him? Look, this is why you're not the president of a university. <laughs> you don't <laughs> You don't think creative. All right. Well, you I got to tell you this, You got to start thinking dirty with money. You got to be like, how can I Let me talk about money. Let me talk about money. I've got a list. Okay. Thanks again to Ducks uh, Sports Authority of how much money this last year the sports programs made or lost. Oh, shit. Now, uh, for some reason, it's cut off uh, the women's, like, other sports I couldn't really see. But men's sports that aren't football or basketball, they lost $8 million. They lost? Lost $8 million. Baseball. Women's basketball lost $3 million sure. uh, last year. Um, Men's basketball... Lost $1.6 million last year. Men's football made $37 million. There it is. That is what sports, college sports is. Which, again, the idea of college sports was not let's make a business that make lots of money. It was supposed to be let's give the kids something to do. And it's all right if we lose money on it because literally we're – it's called – Spending money on the kids? Yeah, it's called <laughs> tax write-off at the end of the, the day. Idea? I mean, it's it'd be like having your high school baseball team and being like, "Where? Why are we making money on this?" It's like literally, it's you're 
it's supposed to be so the kids have a good time. What an interest! I would, I would anyways, love to see the accounting for that because do you set up each sport as its own? Uh, yeah, tax entity, situation, yeah. right? Oh, because I, then I you've got so, four no. to eight sports that are working at a loss. So therefore, you get to have kind of interesting wiggle room with how you uh, file. Well, Aaron, I'll tell you this. Yo, this I bring all this up, which is way above us. Uh, we truly don't know what we're talking about here. Yeah, to tell you, they are not going to fire Kelly Graves anytime soon. Okay. Maybe they will, but like. You know, right now the women's basketball team is not really making that much money. Six million dollars isn't out of the realm of possibility that they would spend on those kind of things. But I think they're just thinking like every dollar of that six million dollars we could put into football and we would be that much closer to a national championship. Yep. And that much closer and actually get a return I mean investment. So I I just and, and Kelly Graves still still built up goodwill in Eugene and stuff because he still took us to a level that we've never been and maybe never get will get back to. And he actually even said, because it's getting to the point where the press is being like, are you worried about your job? He straight up said, no, I am not. We brought right. like it, it to the... Because... Like, I, I don't think he's getting fired. It, it costs no. too much money. Yeah. At the no end one of the day, wants to hire him. At yeah. the end of the day, if your business is minus three million dollars in the hole, yeah. you don't add another six to that. You yeah. rather just let that one thing ride to see if you can't get the minus three closer to zero. Well, and every <laughs> so when year, you do need to do it, yeah, every year you don't fire him. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be cheaper to fire him, and not only that. The person you hire, you know there's no guarantee that they're going to make you immediately compete in the Big Ten. It may be the same thing. You may be firing him and paying him to fire him, and then hiring somebody else to go in the exact same situation is probably where they're looking at. Um, These actual games, I'll tell you, us going against number 10 USC, uh, we were going against Watkins, Sammy Watkins, who's just absolutely amazing. She scored 51 points mm-hmm. this season in one game in a win against Stanford. was her, her biggest game. Oh, wow. She was actually on track to score more than that against us. But cool. She Great. got injured in the third quarter. Oh, no. And uh, luckily, she, she she seemed all right because for some reason, I wouldn't have done this. They put her back in uh, in the fourth quarter. So she was all right enough. It seemed like it was like a face thing, like she got hit in the face. So she she's doing fine, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, that's Which fine. Is good. That would have been tragic, to, even though she's not on our team. I would have felt pretty freaking bad for her to get injured in you know, a nothing game like this, in which yep. they just kicked our ass from the get-go. Uh, but she seemed fine. She, I mean, she played amazing. And then uh, uh, Filipina Shea got her, what, I think her 17th or 16th, I forget, uh, double-double, which leads the Pac-12. That is truly the one silver lining, is that, like, oh, Filipina Shea is getting better. Um, and then against UCLA, number nine UCLA, they just out-rebounded us like crazy. Yes. Just that was well, the the story of the game, uh, and then yeah. they they hit threes. They ran off to a huge start. It was just never competitive. I mean, truly. 
It did feel like we were getting plenty of defensive rebounds. It was our offensive rebounds. Yeah. Our amount of turnovers was ridiculous. Yes. But yes. for real, I really saw Van Sluten underneath their bucket oh, yeah. constantly bringing them back in. Van Sluten's And, amazing. I mean, they were pumping, dude. They were trying so hard to be mm-hmm. something better. And, meanwhile, there's a bald guy sitting down on a chair, not really just wearing a T-shirt. Looking comfortable. <laughs> all of his interviews are like, all of his interviews are the same nowadays, too, where he's clearly very frustrated, as I would be. And just like, they'll cut to him at halftime. He's like, Kelly Graves, what do you need to do? And he's just like, ah, I don't know. We really need to play better. I couldn't really tell you what's going on, you know. Uh, same things that happen every week. Sounds um, like a guy with no game plan. <laughs> you know, like. It's really. It's like we gotta figure something out. It's like, yeah. What I, does he do? I agree. <laughs> Will you please go sneak on campus during their practices and just see what the fuck he's actually <laughs> doing? Oh, well, like, is he even in the room with them during oh, I'm practices? Sure. I'm, I'm sure he's practicing really hard. It's literally there is a huge talent disadvantage. To when we're playing against, I mean, this is our seventh top twenty-five right. matchup. Right, this is our seventh, and it's in like our a row, and it's like our ninth row. loss in a row. Uh, something like that. We've I know it's nine. our at least our seventh in a row because yeah. we haven't beaten a top right. one of these top twenty-five teams yet. And Aaron, with that loss, by the way, maybe I'm psychotic. Please. I guess I'm psychotic. I must be. What do you mean? Be- well, because whenever I'm whenever I'm watching these games, I'm seeing I feel like I'm watching talented kids. I'm like they are actually really trying to put it together. It's the finishing part that seems impossible, well, and well, that uh, seems like a game plan problem. Talent is talent is vague, dude, because what do you want me like Talent is vague. Grace Grace Van Sluten. I see I see kids working really hard. No, and maybe me, that's yes. just maybe that is the no, thing. They're, that's they, what I'm saying. They're, they're not their quitting. And this is the working ceiling. hard is not working hard is not talent. Uh, Great point. If you take Great out point. Grace Van Sluten, Chance Gray, and Filipina Che, sudden, and you take all those other players, I am not joking. You are probably averaging fourteen points a game. Right. Right. Maybe I'm being a little ridiculous. But it's about that, right? No, and, this is fine. And not only that, but it's not like they're de- they're not. It's not like those players are also defensive juggernauts, right? They're also making huge mistakes, like big, big mistakes in defense. That's that's talent, dude. Compared to other teams, where it's like like when you watch UCLA, it's like there's seven players who are five to four star players who can who could possibly get you ten points. On but, our team, there are three that can maybe get 10 points. Everyone else hitting five points would be miraculous. Well, that's, let me ask you this to. then. Yeah. Just so I have a better clarification here, because you are right. That's a great point. But I have to ask, how much of that is unlearnable talent? Like, I see kids working so hard that I'm like, if they just had a better person in charge maybe this is convertible to actual buckets like i can't I tell because i'm it, seeing it, them try to be it right well dude it's, i don't it's, know it's literally like 
if you're asking me why can't one of these people become a Sabrina Ionescu, it's because there's one Sabrina. You know, why can't someone become a Juju? It's it's literally he had the talent that he could have shamed. They left. Yeah. We are now playing players that were or were walk-ons, players that did play for Lane Community College before they came out. Like it's it's genuinely yeah. a lack of talent, a lack of so, depth. Okay. And and Can I ask we're you- playing against we're playing against some of the most talented college basketball teams in the world. Right. And so we're losing right. by 20, by 30 points yeah. because we don't deserve to be on mm-hmm. the same court because we're okay. in a different freaking league. So let me ask you this, though. Is this too in the weeds as well? Does For it an hour make, in, probably. You know, does it make sense that, uh, you know, we obviously have someone on the team in Chance Gray who is supposed to be like the three-pointer, right? Oh well, yeah. She was supposed to be the the three point sharpshooter. Now she has to be a point guard. So Again. right, okay. So is it weird? Would it be weird to be like, look, we know who's supposed to be our three pointer. So let's remove her from the equation of these plays. Chance, you're over there. I want you shooting three pointers from every location for the next three fucking hours. Well, I'll tell Everybody you- else, <laughs> let's figure out how to stay defensively minded and offensively positive while she's well, not is, able to be around because this we're going to keep her in the perimeter. This is different because it's the difference between shooting in a three-point com- t- contest or just on the court and actually playing the game. Right. When pe- when teams are playing us, they're going, okay, try to ma- really make sure they don't just take it to the bucket because that's what they want to do with Filipino chain, Grace Van Sluten. Let them shoot the three. Because yes, I think Chance Gray is a great shooter, but the conversion but when, rate is bad. When she's when she's literally the only three point threat yes. besides her and Ula Chamberlain, yeah, and they are still averaging less than three right a game, then you'll let them do that all day, right? And you're going to win by thirty points, right? Uh, it, you need more than just. Someone who's pretty good at shooting the thing. You need like but, consistently all these things, and it's it's a it's the team game. Like the pass isn't getting out to her quick enough. Uh, it, but isn't it's a that million like, little things? Aren't those developmental talents though? Those are things that we could develop in players to where it becomes a muscle memory, to where talent bro, bro, levels I'll do rise. Right? I'll blow your mind right now. Okay, they are. So it's not like we're on. Unta- we have the okay. Maybe this is what it is. I see a team Stop that has the, the word potential talent, to be I talented. Is what you should say. Um, these players aren't good. <laughs> How about that? I see a team with a high <laughs> potential to be talented. I think it is somehow being interesting. It's you must being... not be watching the Oregon women's basketball team. Then. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what practices look like. You know, I, it's it's really tough for me to say because I do I see know, them working tough. You know, yeah. and I'm like, maybe if the regimen was different I, in practice, then my we man, could I'm see telling convertibles. You, I mean, I'm not I'm not defending Kelly Gray. I'm sure they're practicing bad too. Right. But um, what it comes down to is literally like the 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 talent is not. We're playing against, I'm telling you, yeah, the best college basketball teams in it. the world. But I can't, so it doesn't matter. But I can't accept we, that. We are improving. We are improving. Look. And did we're David still that much back lower. down when Goliath showed up? 
<laughs> did Apple get concerned when Microsoft decided to be number one? These are your gods. Who's number um, one now? <laughs> well, there you go. You know, there yeah, you it's it. a trip, dude. It It's a trip because yeah, I, uh, yeah, you know, I love and watching and, him play, but it also bums I, me out constantly. I don't, it's not just, you know, I, I'll tell you this. I do think you can make an argument where it's like, a, there are there is some coach out there that could take this same group of, of ladies uh, with the same injuries we've had and have a better team than this. I just feel like in the team that we have, there yeah. is it should be a winning record. I'm not saying it no, should be top tier, so. but I think I we should so. be like well, mid. We have maybe. one or two more wins than we do losses. That's what I see. May, you know, know, it's it, it would have been. Po- I mean, we did lose to like Santa Clara in Portland State, or maybe one of the Portland. So, so you have a point almost there. Like we did, there are some low losses that right. we should not have. We are literally the bottom, yeah, we are officially because it's, Arizona State, yeah, and Washington, dude, it the bottom gross. of the Pac-12. It was gross when I saw wins. like two and eleven on the thing. I was like, oh god, oh god. god. <laughs> It's worse now. It's two twelve. Look, okay. So here's what you do, right? You, uh, you're an institution. You're losing three million dollars on this team. You need to somehow reinvigorate that money to get back to zero, so that you can fire your head coach and get a good one in. What you do is you create a coaching challenge. If anybody thinks they can do better, <laughs> you get one game to coach these kids into a win, regardless of who they're playing. I elect you and I go in as a team. Oh yeah, there we to go. coach. We definitely know our shit. Yeah, we will this play. Is Kelly Graves said. Cop, this cop. is what Kelly Graves said when asked about his job security. No, no, no. We've had a pretty good run here. We're struggling this year. Everybody knows it. I don't think we've lost the kids. They're still playing hard. Their attitudes are good. Yep. They're working hard in practice. That's right. So that's all we got to say. Let's leave it at that. Okay. Uh, women's basketball team. Is is really bad. Um, not the worst season we've ever had. I'll tell you that. But competing for one of it now. Don't hate the player. To... Hate the game, y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the players still. Um, they there's not many games left for them. I know uh, they're averaging about sixty points a game, but we'll see what we got. Uh, there's only four games left, and arguably the next three games are kind of like the most important. We're we are out of the big dance unless we win the Pac-12, which is basically an absolute impossibility. Right. If we can't beat a top 10 team, like, right. once, then no, we're not going to do it. Um, We're not going to do it three times or whatever. Uh, up next, though, is Washington, which is a bad team, but will likely beat us, but, you know, mm-hmm. is an unranked team. It's our first unranked team in seven games. Good God. Uh, that's in Seattle. Oh. This Friday... At 7 p.m. I won't be able to make it. Yeah, well, there you go. Then Wazoo after that, which is a better team but still not a ranked team. We'll, we'll be underdogs. It's in Pullman. Then we have Cal. Same kind of deal. Not a, not a you know, wonderful team but better than us. And then we have number three Stanford to close out the entire season. So that's just a loss. So... There's a possibility we lose all four of these games. 
we need to win. A, it's just for moral sake, it'd be nice not to be at the bottom of the Pac-12. That's all I got to say. Now well, let's yeah. end right now by talking about the men's basketball team, a team where there's still hope, a team that, <laughs> you know, you know, there's plenty to critique. They also have a lot of injuries they're getting through. Nate Biddle out for the season, yep. it most likely sounds like. Due to whatever this illness is, yep. he's lost a lot of weight. He's lost, yep. lost a lot of muscle mass. We, our hearts go out to him. Uh, whatever it is, it sounds serious. I hope he, you know, yeah, hope it, it works out for him. It made me realize that maybe by just pontifications on what it could yeah. be, you're like, you know, okay. That's why people don't do that as professional yeah. sports journalists. Because then, because it immediately put like reality to us, like, oh shit, no, this really is something. This is something kind of more major. So, Whatever it is, it's it's a serious deal. I uh, like gossip it's, until it's like actually like okay, we need to be uh, we need to be discreet about how we. Yeah, well, that's who. that's why people don't technically do it, but we're not a very professional podcast. Well, um, only in the beginning do I want hot gossip until I know somebody's actually theoretically could be in danger. That's scary yeah. shit. That's scary. Weight loss is not a joke. That's scary, scary. Um. Oregon at Oregon State. Oregon State has not been very good this year, but I mean, you know, we've we've played down in our competition at times. We've we've been pretty sloppy throughout the season, especially when we're losing key players. Our starters, Kwame Evans Jr. and Folly Dante, who who's becoming the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he always kind of was, but now he is Fully in shape, fully playing big time Brother. minutes. He played thirty minutes this game. Yeah, played out of his mind is is just as athletic as hell. I loved. Um, then I loved who was who was he paired up with? Uh, his challenger was also just incredible to watch them uh, work against each other. Who was that? Uh, who was the uh, big guy on their team? Muriel. Muriel. Maybe you could say his name. Yeah. Probably that's the center, I'm guessing so. 41. Um, and then, uh, uh, I don't know, dude. Okay. Uh, Jadrian Tracy, Jackson Shellstad, Jermaine Kuznard. Those were our starters. And, dude, our, our depth has completely dwindled to just about nothing. Because after that, you got Rigsby, Aquendo, and Diawara. Those are our eight scholarship players. There's two more players. If they're getting playing time, we're, we're in a little bit of a... That's not great. Well, we're we're basically an eight man team, but we got six, in my opinion, six and a half maybe real legit, you know, uh, players on this like like actual quality talent here. Um, I think that's really made clear when you look at the points that were scored in this game. Are a pretty good example of that. Twenty two from Dante, fifteen from Shellstad. 13 from Kuznar. Those mm-hmm. are our big three. Eight from Tracy. And then if you take every other player on this roster and put them together, how many points did they score? Two. So that's that's really like where we're at right now. Not that they didn't contribute in their own ways. Like Brennan Rigsby got seven rebounds, for example. Yeah, and I that, was just about to say, yeah. as long if your contribution can just be – Keeping them from not making buckets while the guy yeah. who makes our buckets is getting a little bit of wind back. Yeah. Congratulations. You've completed your assignment. <laughs> yeah. No, defensive, uh, you know, uh, defensive contributions, uh, re- contributions on the board. 
arguably the reason why we won this game is because we won the battle of the boards and and we were just big boys out there. Yeah, because we out rebounded them forty to thirty in the first half, especially. You know, we were missing a lot, but we were getting like every offensive rebound. Yes. And Oregon State is a bad rebounding team. It's been their Achilles heel all season. Um, but yeah, like, uh, you know, giving Dante a second chance is not a good idea. Right. If you want to win a game. And, and also, so- there was a lot of times we were taking it like underneath and going for shots where. You pretty much could say we were be there was two guys on the player and we were still able to sneak the ball in. Yeah, they were double teaming. Oh yeah, Yeah, we weren't being shy. That was what was cool about it. Exactly, and when he's got a double team, he's also great. You know, he's good at passing and stuff. Like there's Mm -hmm. at least a couple of times where Kuznard scored because they were double teaming him. He's like, okay, I'm going to pass it to the open man then, Uh, and that's the way it works. And uh, so Dante definitely game ball for him. Nine to thirteen from the floor for twenty two points, six rebounds, um, and then uh, Shellstad, Kuznard. We have to, they have to have good games, and they did not from the three point line though. This is this. It's become a problem that it used. We had we started this season so hot shooting. Yeah. Like just, I mean, like Brendan Rigsby was couldn't miss, and everyone could hit the three seemingly when we needed it the most. Um, in this game, we hit two, <laughs> two of nineteen. Well, that was kind of the story for the whole game, right? Even they didn't really knock back a bunch of the them. Beavers, two of eighteen. Right. So yeah, um, that was the difference, and like we had double-digit leads multiple times in this game. Yeah. However, the Beavers rallied, and it came down to it. I was pretty worried. It always does, though. It always does. That's, yeah. we, are, we are a team of waves. If yeah. our wave doesn't pick up, we either start off on a big wave or we start off on a low wave, and then you just yeah. got to see – it will always carry its way out, and you get about two cycles of each. Seemingly. So you just kind of kind of want them to be at the end of the first half, beginning <laughs> of the second half, end of the second half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how you want to see so, them happen. It really, we really need our three-point shooters to step it up. I mean, specifically, it would help so much if a player like Brennan Rigsby, um, who went 0 of 3, 0 of 6 from the floor, uh, like – we desperately need him to just come off the bench, just drain some threes. But a win is a win. Dante, especially, I want to show you uh, just this final play. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, because, yeah, that was the part that really skeezed me out about the game was that uh, the DVR just froze halfway through the second half, so I didn't even get to actually finish it, which bummed mm-hmm. me out. Well, uh, so or so it came down to it. We win this game by two points. And Aaron, I want to show you this. This is uh, we were tied at this point with seconds remaining. Um, you're seeing this, yeah? Oh, yeah. This is from the Oregon Mas- Mas- uh, Men's Basketball Twitter page. So go give them like a really cool angle of the final couple of seconds here. Here's Shellstad to Kuznard. Who misses? Rigsby gets it. Off his face. Misses. Misses again. Golly. Out to Kuznard. 
Pats it in. Dante Boom. for the dunk. But God damn. I mean, it also goes to show you the how clutch the rebounding had to be for us to win this. Because yes. we weren't an accurate team this well, game. But we got the chances also, over and over enough to win. Yeah. I got to say, when you're in the bird nest view, camera's mm. going like this. You don't really get the feel that you get from that angle where you're like, good God, how is no one walking out of this with black eyes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, or just broken fingers. Yeah, time. or, uh, yeah, your toes. How are your toes Actually, not you all should. broken? Oregon State women's basketball, who's having a great season, their star, one of their star players, Reagan Beers, she walked off the court with, I believe, a broken nose and basically two black eyes. I mean, good I mean, God, happens, dude. Yeah. Oh, I heard about. They brought that up and said that she, yeah. it is okay. She's okay, I guess, but yeah, she got Hopefully jacked. She oh yeah, totally. She didn't play uh, in their upset against UCLA, which is right. a great game. Um, yeah, but so the men's team, you know, they, they, you're just trying to advance and survive. Like, I don't even care if the wins are ugly. We are, we are making mistakes. Like that should have been a double digit win. We had it. And then, and then we let the Beavers rally back. It could be, all that matters is winning. That's Um, right. We definitely got quite a lot more season coming up here for the men's. We got a trip to the Bay area. We're playing against Stanford, then Cal. Both of those are good, not great teams. Definitely could beat us on a bad day. Like we've shown that we can lose, you know. But we'll see what happens there. Then we got another game against the Beavers. That's at home for us. We got a huge game, biggest game of the season maybe, against Arizona, who is top of the pack. They're number four in the country. So that is a huge win for us if we can get it. Yeah. That is on the road, though. That's We're playing at the McHale Center. And then to wrap all the things up, the two mountain schools come to Eugene, Oregon. We'll play Colorado. Then we play Utah. And uh, as of right now, though, this is why there's uh, there's hope. We are third in the Pac-12. Woo, third place. Doggy. Not bad. I like that right placement. Behind. That's good. Yeah, right behind, uh, well, not right behind, but number one is the fourth-ranked Arizona Wildcats, who are 11-3 in conference play. Uh, they beat us once. And then right behind them is number 21, Washington State, 11-4 and conference record. We beat them once, they beat us once. And then we have a 9-5 and record. Um, so mm. we we could still technically win this conference. It's out of our uh, control. Like we, you know, like we'd have to beat Arizona, and they would have to lose some games. For Washington State, they'd have to lose some games. We don't mm-hmm. get to play them again. Um, but we are competitive. Anything's still up in the air. Let's win these games. I'm still feeling optimistic about this. Yeah, about men's team, anyways. And that's Quaxiball for you, dude. What can I say? Great episode. I think a full, I think a full fledged episode on basketball is uh, just what this podcast needs. Just what it needs. And you know what the listeners need to do? Go they over need- to the Quack Twelve YouTube. Yeah. Watch a review of Animal House. It is up. It is free. We got the great comedian Adam Brown came over. We we did a deep dive into uh, sometimes funny. 
sometimes problematic. Uh, always fun to talk about Animal House. Go over there, watch it. It was a very fun time to record. And be sure to hit up us up on the Apple Podcast and give us five stars and a review. It only helps us go up in the search engine so that more people like you uh, will find us and listen to us. And that would really be so helpful and thankful. Uh, and uh, otherwise, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>